0: Thank God. Thank God for the wonderful message of that song. Calvary's love has never faltered. All its wonders still remain. Souls still take eternal passage sins atone and heaven gain. And thank God the reason why we are here tonight is because of God's love. Amen? And tonight uh, our message is found in one of the familiar passages of scripture. In Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. So before we uh, read that passive scripture, uh, let's have a word of prayer. And we'll have a, hopefully a short message tonight. Amen? hindi tayo no? Okay. Alright. Okay, let's have a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much for your wonderful love toward all of us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Calvary's love. Thank you, Lord, for um, the greatest gift that were given to us, the gift of your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for uh, this love that we had experienced, that you have uh, shown us and given to us. And this love uh, knows no boundaries, Lord, because the source is God himself. I thank you, Lord, that we can look at your word upon the biblical definition of what God' love is. And help me, Lord, as I um, uh, share your word tonight. I'm nothing, Lord, without your help. Help me, Lord, to be a channel blessing. May we find um, uh, relaxation and enjoyment tonight as we think about what you've uh, done for us and what we can share toward uh, each other as brothers and sisters in the Lord toward our... Brethren in Christ, toward uh, this world, even for your command to love our enemies. So forgive us from our sins and our shortcomings, and be with us, Lord, for the rest of this evening. Bless every part of our program. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's uh, I enjoy, and I thank God for our uh, decoration here tonight. Uh, so uh, immortalize it, that especially those wonderful set of balloons, all right? So take a picture tonight, don't forget, all right? So first, before we talk about love, let's define first what is love. According to my commentary here, uh, love can be a challenge to define at the level of how a person experiences it. Because love can involve personal affection, sexual attraction, platonic admiration, brother loyalty, benevolent concern, or worshipful adoration. To accurately answer the question, what is love? We need to go to the origin of love. And the Bible, God's word, tells us love originates in God. In English language, the word love is forced to bear the burden of multitude of meanings. We love everything from pancakes to our parents, but in vastly different ways, isn't it? The languages in which the Bible was written, as we know, is Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament with some Aramaic. And the definition of love is more precise in that they are utilized different words for different types of love. The ancient languages differentiate among sexual, brotherly and familial love and also the kind of love that God has for creation. And that we may have for him. So the first thing, I think it's not in our slide, but the first Hebrew word yada and the Greek word eros are the words used to indicate sexual love or romantic love. This love is in between uh, wedded husband and wife. Amen? Uh, That kind of attraction. And in Genesis 38, you don't have to turn there, Judah makes love with a woman he assumes is a prostitute. So that word eros, the word yada is used there. In the original Hebrew of the verse in 26, the word is yada meaning to know, and in this context, to know carnally or to have sexual intercourse with. So in the New Testament, the Greek word eros is not found because there is no context in which it might be used. So the second type of love is not only the uh, Hebrew word yada or the Greek word eros, but the word Or the phrase brotherly love that exists between close friends and uh, close family members, regardless of gender. So there is no sexual connotation in this uh, Hebrew word. It is the love for and by a friend. The Hebrew word is ahaba, A H A B A H, ahaba. And it is used to describe the love between, for example, David and Jonathan. In 1 Samuel 2017, when the Bible said they have this kindred love toward one another. And you know what? There are some people who perverse the scripture that they think and they, they like to justify homosexual love. That they said they have a homosexual relationship, David and Jonathan. When the Hebrew word used there, it speaks of a, a very bodily love. See, it's how twisted, you know, the minds of people are how corrupt, isn't it? So the Greek word for brotherly love is what we are familiar with is the word phileo or affection brotherly love or affection is used to refer to friendship found in John 15:19 Romans 12:10 and Hebrews 13:1 So a familiar or tribal love the Hebrew word once again is used ahaba indicating a deep affection and the Greek word is estorge, storge S T O R G E you find a haba throughout the Old Testament because of its broad range of meanings. But the Greek word storge is only found in the New Testament as a negative word. Astorgos, meaning without natural love. Like found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3. That in the last days, perilous times, you know, men will, will have no natural love. All right? Finally, the Hebrew word chesed, or C-H-E-S-E-D. And Greek word, agape, or agapeo, which are used to express the kind of love God demonstrated toward his children. Chesed is often translated as a steadfast love or loving kindness. A good example of chesed is found in Numbers 4.18, when the Bible declares, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression. So God's chesed love is why he never gives us, give up on those he has adopted as his children. Throughout the Old Testament, God's people repeatedly fell into idolatry and sin, yet he always preserved a remnant. Isn't it? He never, he never gives up on his people. The reason is his chesed love, steadfast, so abounding love, benevolent love, supernatural charitable love, or what we call always agape love, unconditional, isn't it? Sacrificial, eternal kind of love. So a similar idea is found in the New Testament with the Greek word agape. Agape love is the goodwill and benevolence of God shown in self-sacrifice and unconditional commitment to the loved one. So as we know, in most basic sense, love is the emotion felt and actions performed by someone concerning for the well-being of another person. Love involves affection, compassion, care, and self-sacrifice. Love originates in the true in God with the eternal relationship that exists among the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, so that's our little word study of the word love. There's yada in Hebrew. There's ahaba in Hebrew also, phileo. In New Testament, and then the highest degree or form of love level is agape, all right? Supernatural love, all right? So let's go to uh, some of our slides here, and we will read from uh, our text of Scripture in Luke chapter 10. Just for the sake of time, we'll just read a couple of verses. Luke chapter 10 is a familiar passive Scripture, because we can see here... uh, Uh, Two things about love, two loves, loving God and loving each other or loving our neighbor. So the Bible says in verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and and tempted him, saying, Master, he's talking to the Lord Jesus Christ, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what is written in the law, how readest thou? And it's a good thing Christ always refers to the scripture, isn't it? When there's a question, he always quotes the scripture. It's like his temptation in Matthew chapter 4. And he answering said, "And this lawyer is a doctor of the law, all right? He, he's well versed of uh, the Old Testament, and he answering said, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself." So he quoted the Shema, you know the uh, summarization of the ten Commandments of Tagalog found in Deuteronomy, and truly can you really inherit eternal life if you obey all the law? But Christ is pointing to this person, isn't it, that no one can keep and obey the law. He thought he did, but probably was able to do half of the law. The second half, are responsibilities toward men, you know, but he did not really keep the first half of the law. Because later on, in another passage of scripture, in Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40, there was a question that was asked about the great commandment in the law, and Christ summarizes it in loving God with all you've got and loving your neighbor as yourself, isn't it? And, you know, we cannot really really love God with all our heart because our heart is desperately weak, as the Bible says. Who can know it? So next slide here, we have a, a slide here about the heart okay, found in FB, you know? All right, of course, that's our verse. All right, two loves. Mm. Okay. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Isn't it? And a lot of people are saying, oh, your heart is your love. Follow your heart. Trust yourself. Believe in yourself, isn't it? That's the human philosophy. But you know what? We need to follow God, not our heart. Because our heart is desperately wicked. Alright? These phrases are not biblical. This is a biblical fact because the Bible says in Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six, He that trusted his own heart, his own volition, isn't it? His own decision, his own standard of right and wrong. He that studies his own heart is a fool because our heart is the seat of our being. But who so walk it wisely, he shall be delivered. Next one. All right, Proverbs, uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Charles Wesley, a wonderful uh, preacher and hymn writer says, a worse enemy than the devil is my own heart. Because it's true, it's deceptive, desperately above, uh, wicked above all things. And that's what happened uh, even during the times of Noah that you know, his wicked imagination and his heart is continually evil and God has to destroy Uh, Mankind mankind during that time. Next one. So what Christians need to hear is this. Not follow your heart, trust yourself, believe in yourself, but follow God and nothing else. Amen? Because God is the standard of morality. God is the standard of what is right and wrong. And we can see that uh, our hearts will easily change and deceit us. Let our hearts be changed through the word of God and not the word of God be changed through our hearts. Okay, next one. All right. So we'll learn about the two loves found in our passage scripture in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and all the way to verses 37. Next one. Uh, We know this. uh, Pastor Jeter preached this uh, verses last Sunday, I believe, about this wonderful song. Beloved, let us love one another in 1 John 4, 7 and 8. And there's a, a simple song about this. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth God knoweth not God, for God is love. And verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God had to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in him, in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. You know, in other passages of Scripture, the love of God is expressed, but only here in 1 John that the Bible says God is love. It only expresses, and it can be seen, the manifestation of God's love in other of scripture. But here, we can only find it was defined that God is love. All right, next slide. All right, God's love and holiness goes hand in hand. Amen? God's love is defined by his holiness. Remember, while God is love and very loving, love is an expression of his holy character and truth. The greatest definition of what love is all about, agape kind of love, real love is 1st Corinthians, amen. 13, especially verses 4 to 7. You know, one of the passages of scripture that it reads, love rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in the truth. Love and truth always go hand in hand because love is a reflection of God's holiness and his truth. We have to rely on the Lord to define what love is. And how he wants us to express that love according to his word. Because even in Revelation 4.8, isn't it? The holiness of God is being demonstrated, expressed by this holy angel, seraphim, who cries, holy, 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 you know, all the day long. And Isaiah chapter 6 also. Uh, Isaiah has a vision of these wonderful creature's uh, praising God, worshiping God, and saying holy, 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 because God's love, His holiness, and truth always go hand in hand. That's why if it is the world's definition of what love is like, accept me as I am, because they define love as just acceptance or tolerance. But if it is not in the truth, then it's not true love. It's a deceptive love. And we know the author of that is no more, no more than the father of lies, which is Satan. And it's prevalent right now, isn't it? With the gender dysphoria, redefinition of what marriage is all about. Because of the false definition philosophy of love. Just under the banner of love. Accept me as who I am. But if it is not according to God's word, it's going to be sin. And sin brings forth death. And sin brings forth this uh, uh, confusion and, and misery. But if you follow God's prescription of what love is, then you'll never go wrong. There's blessing, isn't it? So uh, next, next slide. Okay, we're going to go to the verses because I need to be quick. So in John <laughs> Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, you're familiar with this, isn't it? Loving God with all our heart and defined to love your neighbor as yourself. And then we see there the principle of God. And then God gave a parable. Jesus Christ gave a parable about the good Samaritan. Oh, you know, you're familiar with this story. Same thing in Matthew 22, verse 34 to 40. Jesus is asked that question, which is the great commandment in the law. Jesus gave the same answer as the lawyer in our text in Luke chapter 10. Love God, love your neighbor. He then states that all the law hangs on these two commandments. This means that love for God and our neighbor is the foundation of all moral responsibility. Just to summarize it, Amen. It's the foundation of all moral responsibility. You see, a man who loves God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength will never take God's name in vain. He will never place anything above God in his affection. He will remember the Lord's day and keep it holy. And then if you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't lie to him, isn't it? You won't steal his possessions. You won't cheat him in business. You won't violate his marriage. You will not cause him harm or kill him when you love your neighbor as yourself. As First Corinthians 16, 14 declares, let all things be done with charity. Isn't it? Let all things be done with kind of love, charity or agape kind of love. And these elements are increasingly rare in our society. Nowadays, we tend to live with an attitude of extreme privacy these days. Living like we're on a remote island, only separated From others by a few years, especially with the emergence of social media, isn't it? We get seclusive, all right? Our society increasingly acts as if men owe nothing to their neighbors. We think only of our own lives, ignoring the needs of others. That's why these passive scriptures, like Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, and let us not be weary. In well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And praise be to God, we can see that in our gathering here. Amen? By God's grace, we want to be a channel blessing to each one, especially to the household of faith. So, this uh, evening, I want us to consider what it means to love God and love our neighbors because all moral responsibility hinges on these two affections. Affections, Alright, so quickly, first is love of God. Love for God. And we will review this basic truth um, in the passage of scripture that we read. Thank God that God is not just someone we worship and serve. He's someone that we know. I thank God for that. And he revealed himself through the scriptures and through his son. Lord Jesus Christ. He's someone that we know. We have a relationship with him. He has shared his life with us and we love him as we love any other person. He's not so transcendent and over there that we cannot have a personal relationship with him. Thank God we have one through the virtue of our salvation in Christ Jesus. So how to love God? So love him first passionately. With that verse of scripture we read in Luke chapter 10, with all thy heart. Thy heart speaks of emotion. Isn't it? There are times you laugh aloud with God. There are times when you weep before God. When you know that He understands your sorrow. There are times when you shout and rejoice with Him. Maybe you have an answered prayer. Amen? You do a holy dance, and you know, and you clap your hands. And you raise your hand and you shout, Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for interceding for me. Thank you, Lord, for this blessing. We need to be careful that our relationship to God doesn't become routine because we can love Him passionately with our hearts. We can have some emotion. So the word all, thy heart, speaks of exclusiveness. Not only emotion, but also the word all speaks of exclusiveness. I have affections that belong exclusively to my wife. I will share them with no other woman. Loving God with all my heart means that my first spiritual loyalty is in Him. Amen? That's why we go to church on the first day of the week. Amen? We give praise and pray to God at the first few minutes after we wake up because our spiritual lo- loyalty is supposed to be Him. You know, we, we love His Word. We give our tithes and offerings. We give the first portion of God bless us with because our spiritual loyalty is supposed to be Him first. Because He created us. Amen? let us live into this world and save us for a purpose all right letter b love him personally not just passionately it says there that phrase with all thy soul our soul speaks of identity the soul is what gives us personality the the one that really speaks is the real person all right our temper temperament our likes and dislikes our fears and our anxieties are expressions of the soul All thy soul also speaks of intimacy. We all communicate on different levels. I don't bear as much of my soul or my personality with a stranger as I do with a friend. I am more intimate with my family than anyone else, as you are also. God wants us to love him with all our soul. On the deepest level of intimacy, holding nothing back. So we don't have to be afraid to be ourselves when we are worshiping and communicating with God. We need not worry what others are thinking. We don't have to put on a mask or assume a false character when we come into God's presence because He knows us, our whole being. God, God wants us to change our lives. God wants to change our lives, but He can do that until we are honest about what's inside. So you see, how can God remove our fear? if we will not admit it to him? How can he deliver us from bitterness or lust if we deny it? Not until we come to God as we are, will we have the opportunity to live differently than we came to his presence. So let's love him passionately, personally. Let's love him expressively. When the phrase says, with all thy strength. Love has to find a way to demonstrate itself it makes you want to do something isn't it that is not it it's just words but true love is about action and the greatest example of this is god's own love when the bible says in john 3 16 for god so loved that he gave amen i know god loves me because of calvary god loves me because of calvary there god made the supreme sacrificial love his very life through his own begotten son The Lord Jesus Christ. And if we ask how God, how much he loves us, he loves me. And he stretched his arms on Calvary's cross on Golgotha. And he said this much, amen? And he died. Jesus loved us to death, to the death of the cross. That's what Calvary is all about. It shows us how far that God in love was willing to go to save a sinner like you and me. So in return, he deserves to be loved with all our strength fourthly love him intelligently with all thy mind this statement helps us avoid extremes it keeps us balanced because emotion must be balanced with truth experience should never take priority of the word of god the word of god is still the one that will be the standard the basis of everything we must be governed by the facts of god's word not man's culture not man's philosophy Like, you know, just accept me the way I am, even though it is in opposition to God's word. Devotion must be guided by Scripture. And Jesus is reminding us that we are to love God the same way He loves us. We must not respond to God's wholehearted love in a half-hearted manner. See, that's our problem. God loves us, you know, a lot, wholehearted. But our love sometimes varies. Is half hearted. We are to love him with all our heart, all our soul, with all our sense, and with all our mind. By God's grace. Amen? And then we'll end, we'll end. The second kind of love is loving others. The principle, you know, because there's a slide there, that neighbor thing, you No, know, I meant that, God said. Is it? He truly meant that. If I were to ask you how we are to love your neighbor, this is the principle. Probably all of us could give the right answer. You are to love your neighbor as you love yourself, as the Bible says. Great, but what does it mean, practically speaking? Let's keep it simple. Loving your neighbor means that you do for him whatever you would do for yourself. When you have a need, you attempt to meet it. When you have a hurt, you attempt to heal it. When you have a responsibility, you attempt to fulfill it. When you have a prayer request, you pray for it. That's how you ought to love others, your neighbor. All right, so um, we'll have some few verses here. We'll go to them. Hebrews 10:24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works one another. All right. Uh, John 13, verse 34 and 35, uh, Christ is speaking here. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. Isn't it? That's the greatest evidence that we are truly Christians. We are his disciples. When we show love, concern toward one another. First Peter uh, Romans twelve ten, I believe. Be kindly affectionate one to another we brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. 1 Peter 4.8. 1 Peter 4.8. And above all things, have fervent agape. there. Charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Shall cover a multitude of sins. And ex- uh, expressing that steadfast kind of love. So community of believers can practice love when we also forgive. Some verses about that. Ephesians 4.32 And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. As you always hear, if God can forgive you of all your sin, how can you not forgive somebody who sinned who wronged you? If God, isn't it, in His marvelous love had forgiven you. Not just 70 times 7, but amen. As long as the Lord... Can forgive you have to forgive others also, and we know that for passage of scripture First John, four seven to eight, God's love is sacrificial. Second Corinthians five twenty one, He became sin for us who you knew no sin. His love is selfless. He loved us selflessly in Mark chapter ten forty five, unconditionally in Romans five eight. But God commanded His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So. We need to love one another and forgive one another, bear the burdens of one another. Colossians 3.13, I think I have the verse. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. This has to be especially seen among the brethren, amen? Among the church of the living God. 1 John 3.18, as we build up and grow in Christ, we need to do this. My little children, let us not love in word Neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Indeed. We need to love each other. Indeed. Amen. Not just words, but in actions. Indeed. And there you go, in truth. Sometimes we rebuke one another because the Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. But we do it with love, you know, with the uh, uh, correction, with the uh, uh, mindset of restoration. Amen. Restoration. So sometimes even truth hurts. Uh rebuke through the word of God hurts, but we need it. Alright? Building up and growing in Christ. Romans uh fourteen nineteen. Let us therefore follow after things which makes for peace and things wherewith one may edify one another. First Salonians five eleven and Matthew five sixteen. Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also as ye do. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When we practice love, it helps us build up and grow in Christ together. Isn't it? We don't have to be taught how to love ourselves. It comes naturally. We are experts at it. The trick is to keep self-love from becoming selfishness. Nowadays, madali lang maging selfish eh? Uh, to have like, you know, attention towards you, it's because of social media, all right. sometimes we need uh, to be careful. We need to be constantly reminded that as we love ourselves, so we are to love others, not selfishly, but selflessly. Amen? So uh, we'll end with this, about that parable, just to take note about that parable. We know that our neighbor is anyone who needs help. The parable begins with just a certain man. A lot of things we consider important are not mentioned about this certain man. We are not given his name or his standing in society, as far as we know. He could be uh, also a thief who fell victim to other thieves. The only thing we know about him is that hand, the hand of life dealt him at that moment, left him alone and in need. And let me ask a couple of questions. Do you find yourself judging the worth? of a man before you decide whether you are going to help him? Do you only feel comfortable helping those who are just like you? No? I'm preaching to myself. Do you let the color of their skin, the length of their hair, or the style of their clothing determine to whom you will love as you love yourself? So loving your neighbor is anyone who needs help. Your Loving your neighbor requires affection. As we look at that parable, isn't it? That story, there was a priest who looked on the victim, and he looked with a total lack of concern. We can define him, total lack of concern. The Levite, as we read in the story, looked upon the victim that was left half dead with just curiosity. He went on the other way. But the Samaritan looked upon the victim with compassion. That was the difference, isn't it? The difference in the three men is that one had his feelings touched and he responded to those feelings. And we might ask a question in loving others. What if people take advantage of our kindness? What if they don't appreciate what we do? It doesn't matter. Because when we read the parable again, remember he took that man, bind his wounds, put oil on it, put it in his own donkey and brought him to an inn. And he said to the innkeeper, to the guy, no, treat him, take care of him, and I will come back and pay you whatever you will spend for this guy. And probably that guy is his enemy because, you know, he is a Samaritan, probably he was a Jew. Yeah, they don't have no dealings to each other, but still love him with that kind of love and conditional love. He was really a good and true neighbor. Now, there was no response uh, from the victim's To the kindness of this samaritan but still love him either way amen because loving your neighbor is not contingent on his sense of appreciation we're to have a nike kind of love as they said just do it love your neighbor requires affection love our neighbor is anyone who needs help and loving your neighbor requires action as the samaritan did it is not enough to be concerned it's not enough to feel compassion you have to get involved you have to get involved. And same thing, when we love, you know, our spouses, as the Bible says, uh, I think I'm going to speak on this about this Sunday, in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, wives, you know, submit to your husbands, and husband love your wives. Same thing with Colossians chapter 3, you know, wives uh, uh, love your, uh know, submit to your husbands, and husband love your wives, as Christ also loved the church, isn't it? This loving relationship has to be there. So it requires action. It requires action. So final thoughts as we end. Uh, You can't love God until you first accept his love for you. So the basic building block of knowing how to love others and have a genuine love is to experience God's love first. And thank God we had that experience in the time that we got saved. Our salvation experience is when it starts that kind of love, the true, genuine love. The proof of God's love is the payment Christ made for sin when we hang on the cross in our place. And when we trusted, trusted that as our only way to get to heaven, then we get to receive that kind of love. Then the second thing, do you love God with the same wholehearted love he has shown for you? Because he died for you, the question is, are you living for him? Are you loving others as you love yourself? And actually, this is what the world needs right now, isn't it? The true, kind, genuine love that God offers. Because there's so much, yes, division and hatred, injustices in this world. But thanks be to God. There's a coming day that Christ will come back. Amen? The Prince of Peace. And He will rule and reign. And He will display His love toward this world. And that love will also be reflected by us who have experienced that love. From him in the first place. Thank God for the message tonight. Let's bar heads for prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can be reminded of these wonderful truths, Lord, that we ought to love God because you have loved us first. And love you with everything we've got. And to love others as we love ourselves. It's a tall ordeal, Lord, because naturally, Lord, we are not like that. So we had to ask you for your grace and help to love supernaturally. Like Jesus did. But I'm thankful, Lord, because uh, in this church, Lord, we can see that there is genuine love and care toward the brethren. Despite, Lord, sometimes we uh, fall short, we, uh, uh, we uh, offend one another, maybe uh, unintentionally, or we lack, Lord, concern. But thank you, Lord, that You are always there to remind us that we need to do good. Uh, Take that opportunity, especially to the household of faith. And thank you, Lord, for that love that you have uh, given to our hearts that we can exercise forgiveness. We can exercise, Lord, uh, uh, patience toward one another because our God in heaven is also patient toward us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, uh, the love of... uh, our couples here toward one another because that love stems out from the love of God that despite of our weaknesses and frailties Lord love can uh, cast all fear Lord, perfect love casteth fear and the love of God that is in our hearts and we can exercise toward another uh, has no bounds Lord if we uh, have it its source through the Word of God and through the nature of God's love. And thank you, Lord, that uh, tonight we can be reminded that, Lord, that uh, celebrating love is not just on the month of February or just mentioning that that Saint Valentine, who uh, was a martyr, displaying uh, his love toward others, but Lord, the greatest manifestation of God's love is the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary's Hill. And thank you, Lord, we can look back at what he has done for us. So, Lord, may this love that we have in our hearts toward one another, toward our spouses, toward our children, toward our friends, even toward our enemies, Lord, will grow and will abound as we, Lord, feed it with the truths of God's word. And uh, the realization, Lord, that we are so undeserving of your love in the beginning, the first place but you still love us and thank you lord for this uh, truth and continue to bless the rest of this evening thank you lord for what you have reminded us in jesus name we pray amen and amen